It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Paddlewoo Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. And today we have a very fun show. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Costa Rica with Fisher Grant and Chase Kosterlitz. And after seven days of surfing, we sat down and recorded this episode. So we'll talk about the week, we talk about the boards we're riding, about etiquette in the water, things that you can learn uh, from riding shortboards, surfing boards without paddles, and it's overall a very good show. So I think that you guys will enjoy it. Uh, A couple notes before we hop in. If you are looking for a surf experience, if you want to ride the waves that we talk about during this podcast, um, we actually released a video from the week to go over to bluezonesup.com or portalsurfdesigns.com to check out the video. Uh, It will be posted on both of those and on Paddlewoo. And uh, check out the video. If you want to come down and surf those waves, contact Chase at bluezonesup.com. Uh, Also, I am hosting a Portal Surf Designs Week in Costa Rica while I am down there this summer. The week is June 23rd to the 30th, and it is a package deal where you get a custom board and coaching for the week from Chase and I. It's going to be one of the few weeks that I am there present the whole time this year. So if you want to do that, come on down. It would be awesome. And check out the boards we're doing if you haven't yet. The the videos on portalsurfdesigns.com showcase all of our new shapes. We have the long bar coming out. Last round of testing is going to happen this upcoming week in Costa Rica. Fisher and I are headed back down. Um, And the Barra model is going very, very good. Fisher rode all the boards uh, that we have down there, all the the test prototypes, and uh, loved the Barra. And we have a custom Barra coming out for him, which he'll be riding this upcoming week in Costa Rica. And the swell forecast looks absolutely insane. We're looking at, uh, you know, three feet overhead to double overhead surf for a couple days in a row um, and we're stationed this trip on a just sick point break setup so it's going to be amazing we're traveling a little bit this week and uh, we'll be showcasing all of that in the near future so if you want to check out those boards you're interested hit me up at portalsurfdesigns.com and to book a trip check out what chase is doing at bluezonesup.com all right guys enjoy the show hit us with feedback thank you All right, what's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Powder Boom Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson, along with now co-host Chase Kostelitz. What's up, Chase? What's up? We're doing uh, it's our first co-hosting. Well, actually, we had a conversation right about before. a month ago. Yeah. But I wasn't an official co-host. We knew it was happening. <laughs> and we're also here with Fisher Grant. What's up, Fisher? What's up, guys? Stoked to be down here with you guys and ripping it up. Yeah, so Fisher is now officially on the portal surf designs team which is uh an amazing pickup as far as as we're concerned i hope that you're stoked as we are <laughs> stoked to be on board testing yeah. off some new equipment and figuring out some stuff yeah it was a fun trip too uh, you know we're fisher leaves tomorrow i leave on tuesday today is saturday that we're recording this and you know there were a couple new models on this trip that we've been testing but it's really for fisher's first look at all the other boards too um, in good surf. You surfed a couple of them in Florida, but this was really the first time to get to surf the bar and different sizes and in really good surf. So that was really cool too. Um, let's recap the week. How was the week, Chase? Yeah, I mean, we had the first big south swell of the season and 
your first trip down here with decent decent waves. Yeah, I've been getting pretty skunked this year. Yeah. It was nice to have some juice. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like all a blur because we had I had camp before. Right. And and uh, and then when Eric comes to town, when you come to town, it's like game on, like two three sessions a day. <laughs> so I'm definitely feeling it. But yeah, we've had great waves. But when was the first? Uh, what was our first good session? I mean, we've had a lot, but we've had a lot. The swell. A, oh, the the reef, the, yeah. the special, the secret spot. We had one, yeah. Where you were shortboarding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was sick. That was a scary test too, because I was testing a new board that I'm kind of using the same ideas on volume that I'm as discovered in in, in stand up to try to see how they fit on shortboarding. So I was riding a ridiculously small board. With extra volume, but in a pretty serious, on a pretty serious wave, and there's yeah. a lot of consequence, and so it worked worked good. It let me get in, which was amazing, and it still held up and passed the test for sure. We can make a couple changes to that model, but that was that was scary there for a minute. That was the it was the best big, well shaped wave I've seen in person. Yeah, like that's yeah. amazing, right? And and Eric, you were saying that was like the best you've seen this spot, one of the best. Days. It was. It was probably the best I've seen it. I've seen it a lot bigger. Yeah. I've seen it scarier. Yeah. But I haven't seen it where it was still a little bit playful. I mean, it had the size and it was heavy, but it still was. Yeah. It was still playful. It's hard to surf that way on a stand up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I caught. So. so I, <laughs> Talk I, about your first I, day. I paddled out. There was there was like. Let, let me set the stage real quick. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We're in the boat and, and Chase has not surfed this spot before. We're in the boat and I'm like. So it's probably good to work yourself into the spot a little bit. There's some there's some like tricky spots. There's a shallow spot. Go out there, catch a couple small ones on the shoulder, get warmed up, and then uh, and then you know because there were some big sets coming through. So cut to chase, paddling out. Yeah. So so I paddle out from from the boat, and and there was what like five short borders, and then I was on the stand up, and and they had all taken waves, and so I'm at the peak by myself, and a set comes, and I'm like. I cannot not go. Like this beautiful wave. Solid double overhead. Yes. Super bowly. Oh, um, and so so I got in fine, and and you know like big bottom turn, and then like w- couple pumps, and it kind of outran me, and and because it's You're just deep. like this. Yeah, it was too deep, and I was fine. Whatever. I kicked the board out, and I kicked the board out. White water, and I don't feel anything. I feel no tug of on my leash, like. And I didn't realize it at first, and I'm like, uh, you know, like I'm expecting to be pulled. So I get up, my leash had, it didn't break the, the Velcro on the ankle, just, it, you know, when they get, when leashes get older, the Velcro doesn't hold as much, and when the wave exploded, takes it off. So Eric kind of sees my board go by him as he's piling back out, but it wasn't well, I close the next. I had caught the next wave. Oh, that's two right. waves back, I yeah. got out. I swung on one. Yeah, and I like hopped to the inside, and then by the time I was on the inside, it was so rocky. I was like, "Chase, this I is was, my second day of a trip. I'm lazy was, man, but I'm not going to cut myself off <laughs> on the reef and ruin the rest of my trip." And I was doing the rock dance. So, so I, I swam so fast to get in, and this was one of the new boards too, one uh, of the new, the new construction. Yeah. yeah, and and I'll say the can like so I get to the board like. <laughs> 15 minutes later, because it's it's kind of a mission, it's rocky cliff, I borrowed some sandals from a fisherman and ran over there. Yeah, yeah. Like at first that. he wouldn't let me take them. I'm like, dude, just please. I got to get my board. It's like on these jagged rocks. I go and get it and not a scratch. And 
definitely the new construction is beefed up, but I'll, I think that was also dumb luck. That, it because, was dumb luck, too. I mean, so, any board would have gotten scared. Yeah. And so, so I get the board. 45 – it felt like 45 minutes, this whole ordeal. Get back out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a breather and hang out and not to not to go forever with the story, but it's kind of funny in hindsight. But now I go back. Another set wave comes. I, I kind of waited. Similar situation. Got a little bit further down the line. I, I asked Jay. He gets back to the line. I was like, He's like, no, just the Velcro pop. I was like, but did you change your leash? He's like, no, no, no. It's just be fine. This is the <laughs> leash that I used when it was like double overhead the week before. This leash, you know, I thought was great. Whatever. Same exact thing happens. And, and you know, my dad always told me the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting a different result. And I've, I've, I was being pretty silly. So I was, I was on the rocks again. Second time, board didn't hold up as well. But, but one nothing, thing on the nose. One, just one small thing, and then I shortboarded after that. But that between those two waves, it was about two hours. Meanwhile, like the best waves I've ever seen in my life. Eric's like doing laps on the shortboard. But yeah, it was. It, so that was that was like the first epic session yeah. uh, of the trip. Yeah. Seems like forever ago. But it does. Yeah, and we had a bunch more. And Fisher got the day. Got here the day after. It's like that classic, like, you should have been here yesterday. Yes. <laughs> right in between the swells. Right in between the swells. Yeah, so that was the first one. Yeah. How's your, how's your trip go, Fish? I'm um, exhausted, so I think that means it went pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we surfed at least twice every day. Um, and, and then Fisher, so Fisher's surfing with us the whole time, and then my son Damo, who you guys probably see in some of the videos, he's tons of energy and he convinces Fisher to go out with him in the middle of our session. So Chase and I are taking naps and Fisher's back out there body surfing with Damo or Yeah, I gotta keep whatever. it real. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite moment surfing? Probably that one night we surfed till dark at the bar. Yeah. The the city bar. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, that was a special night. Yeah, we'll, you got, we'll drop some video from that for sure. That was cool. And we were all riding bigger equipment that night, which was kind of fun out there. Um, what should we go into here, guys? Like, uh, Well, we were talking about, um, you know, Fisher being here obviously surfs well on everything. Last yeah. night I got to see him uh, leashless on the on a longboard, just like doing 360s. Like, like it was so easy. So if you guys, for those of you who don't know Fisher, you should probably check out the Progression Project uh, video. You get to see Fisher surfing a stand-up there. But if you're only in the stand-up world, you don't know that Fisher was a U.S. champ at longboarding and is also a super acclaimed shortboarding surfer. And that's why I was so excited that Fisher agreed to be on the, the team for Portal Surf Designs um, because not only is he just, you know, world-class, uh, probably, I don't know, top guys in the world at stand-up surfing, but he also understands surfing at a level that very few people do. Like, the only other guy that I can relate your surfing ability to is Colin, and Colin, like, said that about you on, on the show a long time ago when I was talking about who should I, very beginning of Paddle Podcast, who should I interview after, right after I interviewed Colin, I said, get Fisher on, because right. Fisher, yeah, that's how I met I remember you. that. Yeah. That was awesome. He's like, yeah, Fisher is probably the best surfer in, in stand-up, like, well-rounded surfer, and so... That's why I'm so stoked that Fisher's helping me develop these boards. I've been doing this by myself for the last seven months, eight months. And now Fisher, like the insight that we learned on this trip already is, is massive. 
it's amazing just seeing those lines. But um, what was your uh, what was your favorite board that you read? I'd have to say the Barra. Um, it's a little bigger than what I've usually been riding. Um, my older boards were around like sixty five and a half liters, and this the board that I've been riding this week has been like what is it ninety two? Ninety two, yeah. Yeah, so that's a crazy jump. Yeah, well, and that's also on purpose a little bit too because I'm a believer that I think it's almost misleading. It's it's like I got really mad at one company a long time ago because I bought a board based on uh, seeing this board in a video and I thought it was like it was so incredible and I bought the board and I was like this doesn't seem like it's the same and it turns out like meeting uh, the guy who's riding it in the video and hanging out with him for a bit he's like oh yeah no that was a that was another one they just sprayed on the numbers and it kind of it kind of made me mad because I bought the board based on that but it also isn't relevant if someone's surfing a board that so you weigh 75 kilos you're riding 65 Leaders, there's only a handful of dudes in the world who can do that. So what you're doing on a board that's that size is not relevant to anyone out there, right? right? So, but you riding a 92 liter board, you're at a 1.25 volume to weight ratio. That's well within the ability of of an intermediate paddle surfer. So it actually relates. So some of the videos that we'll be dropping are um, going to showcase Fisher riding that board, and it's you know. 1.25 weight to volume. You'll have some smaller boards in the future, uh, I'm sure. But but it's pretty cool to see what's possible on that. And it was cool for me to see what's possible on the board that's that. that uh, yeah, sucks. I mean, when you're talking to me about it, I was like, oh, this thing's gonna be a boat. Like I'm not gonna be able to turn this, but I was pretty surprised. Yeah. And getting in the waves is like so nice. You don't have to like struggle paddling around and. Yeah. That was the idea is to be able to kind of slow down speed and but still be able to turn. Um, I feel like the formula is working. The other the other prototype we need some work on though. That one there's some stuff. It's good. It's 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 fast, but it's just yeah. we gotta do some work on that tail rocker. I think. What about you, Chase? Yeah, it's been awesome watching Fisher surf the board that I've been surfing, like the exact board, uh, for, like yeah. twice a day because. I think just conceptually too um you go okay because i'm i think a lot of people especially in surfing you learn through visualization and yeah. seeing so models yeah seeing fisher you know approach a wave it's great and i've seen videos of him on on your smaller boards what was that day here that it's on the blue zone sub site yeah it was like all the time guiones Anyways, like was it you, right? and, you and Kieran, yeah. It wasn't here. Okay, secret spot. It was, but, yeah, it was up the coast. But you have to tell me off air. But yeah. anyways, I'm watching him on that, but I can tell his board is super small. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to emulate things, but I, I don't necessarily relate to a board that small. But now he's literally on the board I'm riding, yeah. and, and I can see like how he's approaching certain sections. And, and like you were saying, that is the benefit of having – I mean, my volume to weight ratio, I'm, it, it's not maybe the average power server, but it's still a bigger board. Right. Like most guys aren't riding uh, a 60-liter board. But at 92, and then even I rode the 99-liter yep. one today, um, it's cool to, to have that visualization, and then, and, but then also have a board that can still produce speed and go through turns. Yeah. So in watching Fisher over the week, because I know that I've gotten to surf with Fisher um, a whole lot over the last few years, but in watching Fisher over the last week, 
what were your kind of aha takeaway moments from seeing how he approaches surfing? Because that's, for me, it was like, yeah. he's approaching this wave completely different than I yeah. am. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually talking with Josh this morning. When you paddle for a wave, and I haven't talked to Fisher about this, but now we will. When, <laughs> when you paddle for a wave, you stop paddling like almost too early, and not, and not, not, it's, but it's on purpose. Yeah. And then you kind of pump your way into the wave. Yeah. So we'll have a ton of edits from this week, but you'll see, and we'll make sure we include it. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why do you do that? Um. So like even before a wave, say if I'm paddling out to the wave and I see it's kind of feathering off, like I'll kind of stop and wait for it to form. And that's all positioning. Like I want to position myself as close to the pocket as soon as I can because then that will set up the whole rest of the wave. And then what, what you were saying about like me pumping into the wave, yes. that's kind of like a, a shortboarding kind of background, I guess. And that's just kind of getting the board up to speed put it back into the pocket just so I can set up my wave. Yeah. And, and I feel like, like to me, what I tend to do is coming from not a short board background, but like learning to surf through stand up is I, I use the benefit of volume in the paddle too much. So I pull myself through turns like we were talking about, and then we have all this volume in a board. So we tend to like pump too much or you get yourself outside of the pocket. Whereas I'm going to try to – I like doing – like stopping paddling and, and you're, to me it's like you're feeling the wave more. Like you're surfing Definitely. the wave and this will lead into what we also want to talk about is like surfing without a paddle. But I, I tell students and, and I was telling Josh, I'm trying to – like the best thing you can do for your surfing a lot of times is surf a, a longboard or a, like a fun shape or ditch the paddle because it forces you to feel the wave and use the wave a lot more. Right. So I, going back to what I've seen from Fisher, besides just like all around ripping, yeah. but like being patient on the wave and like use, even though he has a paddle in his hand, using surfing more and, and not forcing the issue, I guess. Yeah. What I see a whole lot is, and I try to do this, but I don't see as deeply as you do for sure. And that is how you're setting up the whole wave based on your positioning at the beginning. Right. Like talk through as you're seeing a wave, you know, approaching, like how you're making the decision, how you're going to approach that wave and if you're going to fade the takeoff or because some situations I'm thinking I'm going to need to, to race this section, right. but I'll see you take off and you're actually fading mm -hmm. and the section that I would be racing, you're hitting and kind of bouncing off of that, yeah. getting more speed. How, uh, how many, how far in front of, uh, where you're taking off are you thinking down the line like well usually I can judge a wave by like paddling out to it see it kind of peak off I know I'm probably going to need to fade back to the power source and um, if a wave's like super walled out and I know I got to race down the line I'm going to you know set a high line early so I can get my speed earlier and then come off that high line come off the bottom and if there's a section ahead I'll bank off that and just use as much as the wave as I can to generate speed down the line. What are your preferred methods of getting speed? Like if you had to, to rate your favorite ways to get speed, like favorite to least favorite while surfing, what are they? Favorite would probably be 
doing a high line. It's uh-huh. just so gratifying. And um, probably the least favorite would be using the paddle. It just looks ugly. And yeah. I don't know. It's not. You're not going to get as near as much speed as you would doing a high line. Right. I actually think that that's one of the big things that separates surfing and paddle surfing and especially alienates paddle surfers from the surfing tribe is the difference between working with the wave and working, I don't want to say against it, but, you know, parallel to the wave to where beautiful paddle surfing is utilizing the energy of the wave in the same way that you would on the surfboard. Now, maybe there's a flat section where the surfer's not going to be able to get through it and you have a paddle and that's pretty awesome to be able to paddle through that. But other than that, it's, I think it's when you see a paddle surfer paddling out towards the shoulder when all the beautiful stuff of the wave is happening behind them. Surfers just kind of look at that and go, you know, what's, what's going on? And it's really ugly. Uh, and it's not surfing. Um, so I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Let's, let's, you mentioned, Chase, a little bit ago, surfing your paddle boards without paddles. And this week's been cool to watch you do that a little bit because... Um, right now, some of the more advanced maneuvers that you're working on are requiring more rail work than you're used to. And, you know, um, and I saw an epiphany happen, it seemed like the other day, when you surfed the one session with without a paddle, and your rail work, work has looked a lot better since then. You want to talk through that and, and kind of share the value of, of that experience? Yeah. Yeah, not by choice. I was forced into surfing. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I would have surfed my board, but Fisher was ripping it up on it, so I had to let him go. But but yeah, no, it's it's so interesting. For for me, coming into stand-up surfing, it's not, like I mentioned, it's not from, that's my first surfing sport. So what I think a lot of stand-up surfers do is we force the issue. You know, you talk about it looking ugly, it's like forcing the issue and it's not on purpose, but it's because we got a paddle, we got all this volume, so it kind of feels natural rather than slowing down and using the power of the wave, which is what surfer surfers have to do, you know. Um, so when you when you go out and surf, you know, all of you guys listening, if you don't have a shortboard, if you don't have a longboard, you can still go out and surf it without a paddle. So what Eric will do and I picked up from you is you, you'll go out and we'll be stand up surfing and, and you did this today, Fisher, but you just throw the paddle, um, make sure you're not in a crowd of surfers and then you can surf the, the wave, you know, during your paddleboard session, uh, during your stand up paddling session. So, but what that will do is you're, you're not going to go forward. You're not going to surf the wave with anything other than, you're bored because you don't have a paddle and it's going to give you a feeling that I guarantee you have not felt yet if you've, if you've yet to do it, unless you're a lifetime surfer. And because even as much as I've been surfing down here in Costa Rica, uh, like probably in five months more than I've surfed in maybe my lifetime. Um, but even then when I ditch the paddle, I get a different feeling. So like Eric mentioned the other day, I did actually two sessions in, in one day. Uh, all One was with a Fisher small stand-up. So it was like 60 liters, and I prone surfed that. 80. 80. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, 80. And then um, and then shortboard um, 
one of the boards Eric is working on. So anyways, yeah, and, and just I didn't even catch that great of waves. Like I had a couple of nice rides and um, nothing special, but I was reliant on the wave. So then when I got back on the stand up with my paddle, it just automatically, we compared it in the car to uh, the other day to the baseball players with the donuts on their bats. When they're warming up, right, they put those weights on their bats and they swing because when you take those weights off, the bat feels like it's a feather. Right. So it's not the perfect analogy, but you feel you're going to feel lighter and more connected to the wave without the paddle and certainly on a smaller board too. Yeah. You know, if you can get a hand on a, on a mid-length or a long board and then when you get back on your paddleboard, you're just going to surf better, like plain and simple. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, Fisher the other day with one of the prototypes that we're working on, we paddled out and this was one of the first days of the trip and you caught a couple waves and you're like, I don't, I don't know where this board is, where it's working. You threw the paddle and then you caught, I don't know, four or five waves without the paddle and then you surfed the board way better after that. Yeah. Talk through that. Yeah, so I guess I was, like, when you have a paddle in your hand, you tend to, like, overpower turns sometimes, or the bottom turns. So ditching the paddle, you get a good feel for the board and where its, like, sweet spots are. Um, you know, where to where to position your feet on the board for the greatest amount of trim. Um, and yeah, so that helped me out a lot to find its its weak points and its strong points. Um, yeah, that, that's what, when I surf without a paddle, especially when I'm trying to understand a board, I do the same thing. Um, and a lot of it's about where I want to get speed on the board. Because what happens is if I, if I ride a board that I feel like is slow and I have a paddle in my hand, it's a little bit easier just to take a stroke to get you through a section where maybe you're kind of pushing a little bit of water to get you to the next. Most boards, um, even boards with a ton of rocker, there's a couple brands out there, there's a couple boards out there that some of them I even like, but they have a ton of rocker and they're made for waves that are, are really steep and bully. If you ride those boards in waves that are steep and bully, they work incredible. But then when you get in a little bit of fatter wave, and Gionis, I feel like, exposes a lot of boards, like the wave that we surf most, exposes a lot of boards because there's a lot of flat sections in the wave, and you've got to get from flat section to flat section, or from bowl to bowl through flat section. And when you have a paddle in your hand, it's really easy just to take two quick strokes, get to that next section to where it doesn't really matter that you're not surfing the board correctly. But if you don't have a paddle in your hands, you, it really makes a big difference how you're positioning and how you feel the board um, in those things. I also find that surfing without a paddle lets me feel where the board's supposed to turn more to. And foot placement, especially back foot placement for turns. Is it a little bit in front of the fins? Is it a little bit behind the fin for rail turns? Mm -hmm. You know, It's harder to like understand on a paddle board when you hit the lip where your back foot should be because that has so much to do with exploding through the paddle. And that's you know, a lot of power from the paddle. But all the rail work, you should be able to do the same rail work without a paddle that you can do with a paddle. It's just gonna end up being enhanced. So I called it paddle enhanced surfing way back in the day. Um, it'll be enhanced, everything will, 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 lines will be tighter and faster with a paddle in your hands, but they should be the same lines. It shouldn't, if you surf completely different with a paddle in your hands and without, then it's, it's a little bit, you're, you're, I don't wanna say you're doing something wrong, but it's, um, there's probably weaknesses there, I would say. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's the single most important thing 
someone can do if they want to improve their surfing like fast like besides basic technique you know making sure you're on the right board right equipment paddling catching the wave in the right spot but then like if you want to work on your roundhouse cutback ditch the paddle like you're going to feel the wave better you're going to even if it's on your surfboard yeah uh on your stand-up uh surfboard yeah you know without the paddle yeah so it sounds like we're hating a little bit on the paddle here which i'm absolutely not like paddle surfing is my favorite type of surfing we had a session that proved that the other night too right like we surfed a wave that was absolutely going off and it was a big open space lots of roaming peaks and uh, we had some buddies out there that were shortboarding with us and the three of us were talking when we were coming back um like driving back in the car from the spot and there was we let them go on any wave that they could catch because I mean, they're friends of ours and like and I think that their wave count was probably one to five of what ours was if that if that if that so I mean like t- talk about that Chase like yeah it, I think it's why I love paddle surfing so much and we talked about this particular spot it's like this is the classic spot like the stand up surf spot right like that it's shifty it's kind of hard to get to maybe i had these spots in san diego and san diego is like super crowded with surfers but most of the time i'd surf by myself because i would do a little extra paddling and it might be a shifty peak it might be a little funky wave that's not perfect for shortboarding and and but you're still able to have fun and and it can be like a it's a world-class wave And you feel like you're cheating, especially when there's surfers in the water with you. Like, and like Eric said, like we, I'll tell guys that when we're at a spot like that, like any wave you want, take it. But I I kind of know they can't take it. I was pointing out peaks. Yeah. A couple, a couple of the ways that one of my buddies got was, um, because I could see the peak coming. I was like, no, no, no. Just pointing down the line, you know, like telling them where to be. Um, but yeah. So what, what do you think about that, Fisher? Yeah, I mean, it made that wave a lot more fun. Just how mobile we were on our paddle boards. Like, so you saw a peak like 100 yards on the beach, just get over there. Yeah, how, how, how big is Chase's range? Especially <laughs> oh, yeah. that night when he was riding the new, the new longboard. Like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, you, you don't want to be out in the water with him. <laughs> and cover a large territory. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's funny when you paddle out to some of these spots with Chase, just like how, um, I don't know what the, the word, inferior at paddling. It's just ridiculous. It's not even fun. I mean, it's just like, and you know he's paddling slow, so oh, that you don't even look bad. It's not a race. <laughs> but that's along that same point. I think we talked about it on the podcast before, but paddle technique, like, coming from this racing background, coaching racers, where when I coach someone racing and they want to get faster, the first thing we talk about is technique and then you get into training, nutrition. But it's almost the same with surfing. Like a lot of people think, I want to surf the wave better and and do a cutback or whatever. But if you're not, like Fisher was saying about the positioning, if if you don't have the technical paddling skills to put yourself in a good position to surf the wave, then, then you're not going to progress as a stand-up surfer. So, right. yeah, it's definitely tech, like paddling technique. We talked about the J-stroke before. Yeah. We got a bunch of people ask about uh, about it, and I actually just finished a video 
on the J-Stroke specifically for standard surfing. I'll put it on the site this week. What's so whenever this podcast is on bluezonesup.com. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to have a bunch of tutorial videos. Cool. So, yeah. Right on. And all of our podcasts are going to be posted on Blue Zone as well as on the Progression Project from here on out, which will be kind of cool. So you guys can check out. Just go to Blue Zone if you want to hear them there. Uh, want to talk about a more fun topic, etiquette? <laughs> Who wants to start this one? Oh, Fisher, because you look the most awkward right now. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of little rules you have to follow. Yeah. If you want to get punched out by some angry local somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. What's the biggest run-in you've had on a paddleboard? I love um, Kieran's story about Hawaii. He wasn't even on a paddleboard. He was on a shortboard. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. That makes the story even funnier. I mean, I've never really had a serious run-in with anybody. Um, just, like, pretty minor, like, some guys who just get mad at me just because I'm on a paddleboard, and then, yeah. then they see me surf, and they're like, okay, I can't really hate on this guy, but, um. So let me ask you guys this one. I'm going to talk you through something that happened to me the other day out in the lineup, in a pretty crowded lineup here recently. Um, and I don't know if I handled the situation correctly, so I'm, I'm always open for, for, for constructive criticism. Let's keep it constructive and positive. Um, we were surfing, and it was a pretty windy day. It's, it, the winds will blow hard offshore here from time to time. It was a big swell. And on being on a paddleboard on the big swell, it's tough because paddling into waves, you're taking, I mean, it's, it's really hard to get in a waves. A lot of days, I would prefer to be on it like surf prone when it's blowing that hard. But it was a good day. It was like solid, probably eight to ten foot faces. Um, and there, there was a lot of people out though for for a day that that was that big because there was big lulls in the sets. And there was a paddleboarder out there. And I watched as and I had heard. Well, I, I don't want to say too much here, but the um, he had had run-ins before. I'll leave it at that. And then I'm out there, and, and I had not. I, I don't know the guy. Or, he seems like a nice dude. I've talked to him, but. Um, I watched him like see a wave and get blinded by the wave. So sometimes what happens when someone kind of gets those blinders on, they don't see anyone else around them. And he starts paddling for a wave that a shortboarder, first, first and foremost, a shortboarder is in perfect position on the inside and he's cruising in from the shoulder to the peak. Okay. You should see the shortboarder and you should hold up and the shortboarder should go. Because if whoever, it doesn't matter if you catch a wave first. And this is, I think, a big misconception among paddle surfers, especially paddle surfers who haven't surfed before. It doesn't matter if you catch a wave first. It's the person who's closest to the peak whose wave it is. And so shortboarder is definitely closer to the peak. Paddleboarder is paddling in from the side and sees the guy but continues to paddle, goes, I mean, almost hits him as he goes by, does not catch the wave falls and then the board blows back and I don't even know if he knows this happened but the board blows back missed the surfer by just a touch and hit the surfer's board and um, so before I say how I handled the situation how would you guys handle that situation if you saw it and you're a paddleboarder in that lineup yeah, I mean when I see other paddleboarders I'm probably I'm, I'm, hate is not the word but like I'm like oh here we go because a lot of times they, it's not mal intent no it's it's, it's ignorance yep. or, or they don't know what's going on and they shouldn't be in that situation so what the first thing if i was going to say something would be hey 
you know, maybe you should go down the beach where there's no other surfers because it's kind of challenging conditions and it's dangerous. Right. You know, that's the, the politically correct, nice thing you say. What I'm thinking is, is like, what the hell are you doing? You know, and I think and, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that might have been, but I always tell people like, if you are not, but it's hard to say, like, it's, it's a pretty, um, subjective thing. Like this be like, well, if, you, if you're not a good power server, you shouldn't be around surfers. But I would say like, a, a, you have to be very comfortable on your board and proficient doing cutbacks in, in, we always struggle with how do you judge the level of someone coming into camp. But if, you, if you're not like doing cutbacks, pumping down the line, like able to maneuver your board, you should not be surfing in a crowd of people. Right. So, right. Yeah. If it's a coin flip when you're paddling into a wave, whether or not you're going to be on your feet at the bottom, then it's better to surf around. And everyone's been through that stage. So that's not yeah. hitting on anyone. Yeah. It's just you need to understand where you are. You need to understand that. When you're also at that stage, you're riding a big board that has a lot of um, inertia and pack a, a pretty big punch. And I've seen the damage of people getting hit by paddle boards, right? Like, I've seen that. Um, and so maybe that's why I react the way that I do, especially in winds. I've seen a lot of people in winds, you know, oh, super hurt windy. themselves. They shouldn't be out in bigger surf and winds. And man, so much velocity over the wave. That board comes back and smashes somebody. It's not good. So how did you handle it? Well... I probably said something to the effect of, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I basically said he needs to go. We were also sitting in a pack where there was an empty spot, like 100 meters down, there was nobody surfing. It was just as good. I told him you need to go down there. Yeah. You know, and uh, I also said that if you can't handle your board, you shouldn't be out in these conditions. Um, then he was a really nice guy. And I kind of felt bad because I was yelling a little bit. But, um, if but I still, I stand by it. Like... Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the values, uh, the value of riding all sorts of boards. Like, and let's start off with etiquette. Like, if you've never ridden a shortboard before and you hop on a shortboard, Fisher, you shortboard like all the time. If you're sitting on a shortboard, um, how does it feel when paddling, paddlers come by? Like, pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just towering above you. It's definitely a different, uh, perspective. Yeah. Paddle surfing. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is another video I'm going to do a tutorial and, and it's like sharks circling. <laughs> like when you're in, cause that's I was going to tell everyone to sit down. Yeah. And that's a, it's a good practice. And yeah. that's what we have with our students. If there's anyone else and we always try to be away from surfers, but occasionally there's a few in the water. And if you're standing and you're just paddling around them, again, it's nothing, it's not malintent. Right. But it's like we're on this different playing field. Yeah. You know, so one thing I should say here, and I've had conversations on this show with a lot of people, and there's only a small group who see this the way that I do. Some people think that the way that paddle surfing should grow is by enticing people to come out of the, the lakes and the rivers and come into the ocean and surf. I don't see it that way necessarily. If if you want to surf and you live inland, cool, do it. But I don't think that everybody who paddles inland should come out and go surfing. I'm much more a believer that paddle surfing is a surfing sport and it should assimilate to the surfing culture within the surfing culture and that uh, 
seeing it as a surfing sport and being respectful to the surfing culture is going to be great for paddle surfing. And I think what happens a lot is that folks don't realize, don't understand surfing. And I think that's the big difference between the way that all three of us approach paddle surfing and what some other people in other like places, camps, whatever are doing is, is maybe it's a little different feel. Like if, if you spend time with us, you're going to assimilate into lineups and you're never going to have problems with surfers because we're really respectful of surfers. You know, one of the criticisms that I got from somebody who I'm, I'm close with in, in coaching was that at the beginning of his learning curve is that I'm not empathetic. And I thought about this for a while in regards to coaching, right? I thought about this for a while and it, I realized that I am. I'm complete. I'm very empathetic. I just wasn't empathizing with him and falling all over the place and, and, and you know, like it not being um, – like at the beginning of the learning curve, it's so tough. And I think he actually agrees with me now, but I was empathetic to the surfers. And so he, he was experiencing some hazing, but, and, but my empathies were in a different place. Um, so yeah, go, go back to your point though about, right, I kind of just bogarted that, apologize. But. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, when you're like, that's why it goes back, your surfing's gonna get better if you, if you longboard or surf a mid-length or, surf your stand up without a paddle but then you're also gonna become more in tune with the lineup with the waves and you're gonna realize especially if there's other stand up paddlers in the water and they're paddling from way out and they're paddling to the peak you're gonna be like dang these guys and, and again it's not a criticism of those people so much as they don't know what they're doing because they can't appreciate how hard it is for the surfers to catch waves and they're just doing laps on the stand up paddle board. So it, yeah, you want to, you want to, and from an etiquette standpoint, there's a few things. Don't catch every wave just because you can <laughs> sit down on your board. Yeah. And, and this is if you're with other, um, surfers. I mean, I think before all that surf away from the surfers really, sure. yeah. because you know, you can talk about etiquette and all this and, and that's certainly important, but you can prevent, a lot of mishap if if you use the benefit of the paddle and paddle down the beach. There's this crowd mentality. You see it even with the prone surfers out at our beach here. Yeah. Is people will just pack up because you look around and you're positioning yourself based on the people around you. So if there's like a rip, you see guys they're like a hundred meters, like basically out in the middle of the ocean because the rip is taking them out and no one's moving. And then one guy will move and then the pack will follow. So so anyways, just Try to try to not surf in a pack of surfers. You know, there's really not a reason to. And then if you have to, just take a second, sit down, breathe. And, and it's like we're on a jet ski and everyone else is paddling. They're yeah. swimming. And we got a jet ski. And it's a beautiful thing because we got to paddle and we can cover a lot of ground. But if, if you don't remind yourself, hey, I'm on a jet ski, <laughs> then then you can really quick be not in a good rhythm with, with the surfers in the water. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when, uh, let's actually, we got about 10 minutes here. Let me shift the conversation just a little bit then. Um, I haven't talked a whole lot about the design process and what I've been doing lately um, as far as Portal and the whole, I did the one video, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I, I released a video on the ideas behind the Barra model, which which is the board I've been working on for about eight months, and that has been 
with the help of uh, the late stages with Chase and a couple other people riding it. But what's happened on this trip, I'm really excited about, which is this process of, I mean, we're surfing. Well, so it's just it's just us this trip, which is pretty cool. And there's a bunch of new boards that are here and that we're working on, and we're taking turns all riding these different boards. And we're coming back and we're sitting down and we're talking about what's working, what's not working. And then we're jamming on the, the CAD program that I use to design. And we've come up with like three new, maybe four now, mm-hmm. cool, cool ideas that we're going to build within the next, I don't know, probably the next trip. By, probably next month we're going to have these ideas down here. So like, are you enjoying this process, Fisher? Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. What are you most excited about? Uh, just figuring out what we need to do as far as rockers and just kind of find a good shape that's good for everyone. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we are trying to do with it too is to not, we're not building a board for Fisher or even for contests. I, I kind of believe that the whole contest thing in stand up is. Want to say the wrong direction, but what actually let me let me change this. What do you think about contests and stand up? I like the camaraderie aspect of it. Like okay. we're all pushing each other, um, and just getting to surf different waves. But then again, like the waves that we surf aren't always the greatest. Right. What do you think about where the judging and the criteria is pushing the sport super tiny boards shortboarding what do you think about that yeah it's super progressive which is good but it's like everybody's kind of like I don't know trying to like but I'm back to like like the waves we're surfing like they're not the greatest waves and we don't really get to showcase our talent right that much so it's like kind of slowing down the, the progression of the sport yeah. Ironically. Anything else you want to touch on here, Chase? We're kind of coming up against our uh, our time wall. I think we should start a uh, movement. What is it? Without a paddle. Whopping. Whop your surf. Whop your stand up. Without a paddle. I like that. Whop. Whop. At least hashtag so, whop. I love the new pick up three pieces of trash every yes. time you go out to the beach. I love that. Always. How about every session catch three waves without your paddle? Yeah. Three pieces of trash. That's your home. Three, three waves without a paddle. We're giving you every homework. Session. <laughs> we're giving you homework now as a listener. But yeah, no, seriously, because you know, you were trying to, you're like, Chase, why don't you surf this session without a paddle? I think it will help you. And I'm like, oh, no. You, know, you gave a lot of <laughs> pressure against that, man. Because I'm excited about like, just progressing my stand-up surfing, but ironically, the, the thing that is helping it the most is ditching the paddle. Yeah. So, so yeah, next time you go out, if you if you surf in super cold, terrible weather, wait wait till it warms up. But you know, so you're standing. But yeah, ditch the paddle. Even if you're like if you're out and it's not a crowded lineup, just throw your paddle out the back. This is what I've seen Eric do. And just prone paddle into a wave, and I and I guarantee you're gonna feel uh, some different things. And then try turns and, and yeah, so we we can call it whopping, whopping without a paddle. That's uh, that's something I learned from uh, Colin. Okay, so Colin. Was yeah, doing I can't that. take I can't take credit for that at all. I uh, we were surfing 
a really good day at a kind of like a hollow beach break up the way. Down and, here? Down here. And, you know, about halfway through the session, I see Colin, just, he's paddling out and he sees something and one and he just takes his paddle. He's standing at this point. He just throws it out the back, sits down, turns, spin around, just gets this draining barrel and he kicks out. And then he's over here and he catches the left and he does like two cutbacks on it. And I watched him like, I call it like the Colin, like ping ponging way. He calls it ping pong when he's like doing like roundhouse wrap rounds and hitting the thing. But he was doing that in the lineup between waves, just back and forth, probably for like 15, 20 minutes without his paddle. Um, <laughs> And all of his lines were like very similar. He like he served his board with very. So I stole it. One of the many things I stole from Colin. And we'll have a video in Fisher's video. There's gonna be like there's so much footage. What do we have? Fifty gigs of. Oh my goodness. Yeah, dude. but Fisher we have like seventeen sessions or something. Yeah, and and some good footage of Fisher without the paddle, and uh, so you can see like yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you'll see. Make 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 sure that you're looking to watch his technique because he's not surfing very much different. The lines are a little bit more drawn out. You're not snapping those turns off, but you're still yeah. doing big cut, especially backside. It's almost not as much difference backside, I would say. Yeah, so I mean, having a, a US World Longboarding Champ here is the perfect time to to break out the the new longboard stand-up. Yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, so we have one now. It's version two of it, and version three we're gonna test. And version three might be the one. Um, talk about talk about that a little bit, Fisher. Yeah, I mean the lines it draws are pretty amazing. Um, it's so fun. Like I could just paddle around the lineup on my butt, like pretty much like on a kayak, and just cruise around. <laughs> and like my heart rate doesn't go like above whatever. 60 yeah. or whatever so super fun the and, glide uh, the glide yeah the glide's amazing how close are we on that model right now I mean as far as like uh, tail rocker I say we have to probably put a little bit more tail rocker in it yeah just to snap around those turns yeah. but the, the amount of glide you get out of it is a pretty pretty amazing yeah it was really fun watching um, you guys surf that this morning I hurt myself this week, I'm out of the water for a couple of days, but this morning I was doing some video and so I got to watch these guys surfing. Um, we're calling it the long bar right now. We'll see what, what happens with that. But uh, in what, waist high waves? Yeah. Need a waist high waves and just how, how fast it was going. And another buddy hopped on it for a few and he came in frothing and already ordered one, which I thought was funny. It's not ready to be ordered yet, but somebody already bought one, which was cool. I told him, uh, my favorite move on that board is getting right in the pocket and then just being able to skim your paddle across the top of the lip yeah. and just fly past it. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool how, how fast that board is in the middle. It looks, when I'm watching you surf it, it looks more like a mid-length mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. It doesn't look like a nose rider, um, yeah. but uh, but I love that feeling. But just the glide, like, like I told you, like when I got into stand-up and probably most people, it's on a big you know, kind of big longboard shape, but actually pretty wide, but you get a glide. So you, you catch a wave and the board will just go. There's not a lot of pumping and, and you're just going fast. Mm -hmm. And then, but my progression, it just went smaller and smaller and smaller. And now I'm on a board that I have to basically keep paddling to stand on. And I like it and it performs great, but, and it goes fast when you're pumping, but there's something about just like 
doing a little drawn out bottom turn, setting your line and then just going, you know, and, and we'll have videos of Fisher and, and I'm not nearly as graceful, but it was, Fisher was telling me how to cross set today, but it's super fun. I think, I think it's a part of stand up has gone so progressive, like, like Fisher was saying with contests and like basically working towards surfing like a shortboard. And I think one of the beautiful things is that glide of the stand-up. Yeah. So I'm excited about this model. I, I am too, in, in a lot of ways. I love mid-length surfing. And I love that that's... It, I didn't know it was going to... I was hoping that it was going to feel like that. And it really did, because we got to ride it at some points this week. Um, one of the other things, and I rode some... I'm trying to test uh, a lot of the boards in bigger sizes, because a lot of the guys are going to be riding bigger sizes. So I rode 99, 107... Um, couple days ago the 113 right before I came down uh, and then the, this longboard and there's a big difference in just the ease of paddle when you get a little and it, it actually adds to the enjoyment of a session a little bit like I, I enjoy and that's kind of what this whole design process has been is trying to figure out and I've been able to go up 10 liters on my shortboard right and and still have the same performance I feel like um but to be able to add leaders and keep performance so you get that relaxed, fun, chill paddling, but then you still have that performance. And I think that, I mean, what do you think, Fisher? Do you think that, and I'm kind of putting myself on the spot here because you could say no, but do you think that um, the idea of keeping these rails low and the whole thing we've been working on works? I mean, do you think that, have you ridden other 92 meter boards or boards that big that are that responsive or am I no. Off. This might sound a little too no. plain way, but... Well, most of the higher volume boards have been, have been like production, so they're not going to surf that good anyways. Right. But, um, no, I mean, the responsiveness is... It's definitely there. <laughs> we'll let the video be the judge. Yeah. We're going to have this We've seen it. Yeah. No one listening has seen it, so... Right. You guys will see, but Fisher was ripping. Yeah, on the yeah. big board. Did an airdrop out of the off of a big carve that was sick chase and i were paddling back out and got to watch fisher just blow one up it looks good on the video but it looked better in person yeah. and then free fall like four feet down the face it was really cool glad i didn't eat in front of you guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well thank you guys for tuning in check out bluesonscp.com portalsurfdesigns.com um progression project as always uh any closing words chase no, I guess. Can I say pura vida yet? How long do you have to live here? Because until you can say that, you can say that. <laughs> yeah, come down and visit us. Yeah, and Chase, or sorry, Fisher. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, get to work. All right, see you guys. It's the Paddle Woo Podcast.